0: all right let's get this week started we've got a we've got to start with a look at the news and get the weather forecast and because it's monday it's time for another conversation about the used machinery market and finally we'll learn about what ag economists think about financial conditions in farming
1: Live from the glorious return of our beloved audio overlord via Farm <laughs> Journal Broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we begin with a conversation with Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Then it's Bill Lapp from Advanced Economic Solutions. And directly following the news, Brett Waltz from BAM WX. i handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the beloved host of AgriTalk, Chip glory <laughs> Hey,
0: Davis, thank you so much. It's Woo! good to be back, buddy. Good to be back.
1: Great to hear your voice on the other uh, other end of that line there, buddy. Yeah. How you doing? How's man? everything?
0: It, everything is fine. Everything's fine, including this weather. Good grief. It's 30 degrees. The sun is shining. Mm-hmm. There's blue sky up there through the trees. This is, it. it's, it's. January 29th, dude.
1: Well, I don't know what you did over the past week to win this weather for us, but uh, yeah. we owe you one, big guy. We owe you well,
0: one. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, uh, we've got more more uh, good weather on the way. We'll talk to Brett Waltz about that here in just a moment. We got to mention congratulations to the Kansas City, City Chiefs. Yeah. Congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. We got yeah, a big go. Super Bowl coming our way in a couple of weeks, man.
1: You, you know, last year, uh, the wife and I were—you know—I was—I was still moving to Kansas City basically. Last yeah. year, we still needed furniture and stuff, so we watched the AFC playoffs and said, "You know what? If if the Chiefs win, we're getting a yeah. couch. We're going to oh. get a couch so we can yeah. sit on the couch and watch the Super Bowl." Right. 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 So we did. Okay. Um, you know, we since added an ottoman. There's a recliner involved now. I, wow. I, I don't know. I mean, for a, for the second year in a row, you'd think you'd need something. You know, I would go with a nice cheese
0: and cracker tray for this this
1: year. Ooh, yeah, now that's good.
0: <laughs> I got to say, there, there
1: would be cheese and crackers involved either way. But, but I, yes. gotcha.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, no, looking forward to that matchup. No doubt about it. Should uh, should be a great game here in a couple of weeks. All right, man, let's get to it. What you got in the news?
1: Well, I'm going to start with that National Weather Service weather outlook. We've got light snow over parts of the Great Lakes and the Central Appalachians. Light rain over parts of the Pacific Northwest and Northern California. Temperatures will be 10 to 20 degrees above average over parts of the northern and central plains into the upper Midwest. It sounds like we've got light, light over the Midwest, Chip.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh, and and these temperatures that are coming our way, good grief, we're going to see some 50-degree temperatures. We'll get the details from Brett. Maybe more importantly, what we'll get from Brett is the outlook for Argentina looks a little hot and dry.
1: Well, Chip, beef packers raised cash cattle bids last week, and traders anticipate firmer cash prices again this week as plants try to normalize slaughter schedules following holiday and weather-related delays. Packers are still thought to be short-bought on near-term needs, and I bring it up, Chip, because, man, there are a lot of industries that we talk about that just would love to normalize following holiday and weather-related delays. Fair? Right. Right. Yeah, no
0: doubt. No doubt. And getting a consistent, steady flow of cattle coming back into the into the plants is something that is missing right now. And it's, it's,
1: the supply issues are making that tough to make it happen. Well, speaking of supply issues, U.S. Yep. oil drillers are experiencing rising demand for electricity as they respond to investor and public pressure to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. In a rapid shift, they have abandoned diesel-powered generators and quickly connected to the electrical grid. However, this trend is leading to a significant increase in electricity consumption in oil states. The existing grid infrastructure does have limitations, Chip, and as a result, many oil producers are taking matters into their own hands by building their electricity infrastructure to meet their needs.
0: Well, you get it out of the government's hands and privatize energy. I wonder what kind of impact that's going to have long-term.
1: Might just work. President Biden has faced criticism for not pursuing new free trade agreements. 61% of rural voters surveyed recently by Farmers for Free Trade expressed the view that Washington should be doing more to support U.S. farm exports. The president, however, has emphasized a focus on worker-centered trade to ensure the benefits of trade without offshoring American jobs. Well, you know, you got to give them something for that. Well, I I guess. And and the other thing at
0: USDA that they would counter with is that they've got an quote-unquote, aggressive trade mission scheduled uh, for for 2024.
1: Well, Chip, a drone attack on a base in Jordan killed, more, uh, killed three U.S. troops on Sunday, and at least 34 others were injured, with President Joe Biden blaming Iran-backed militants and vowing to hold the perpetrators to account. This is the first time U.S. military personnel have been killed by hostile fire in the Middle East since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. And the incident will further raise tensions in the region and fuel fears of a broader conflict directly involving Iran.
0: Yeah, there's going to be payback on this.
1: Oh, yeah. The European Union is reportedly considering measures to exert economic pressure on Hungary if it continues to veto aid for Ukraine. Besides the aid package issue, Chip, Hungary is also the sole country blocking Sweden's bid for membership in NATO, these developments highlight ongoing tensions within the EU over Hungary's foreign policy positions and its alignment with Russia, Chip.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see this one develop.
1: Yep. Profits at China's industrial firms fell 2.3 percent in 2023, their second straight yearly decline due to sluggish demand at home and abroad. And Chip, the Biden administration is taking steps to implement numerous energy and environmental regulations throughout this year before the november elections including a wide range uh of stricter emission standards fossil fuel powered plants wow. and establishing more rigorous national standards regarding forever chemicals in drinking water over to you buddy
0: all right thank you very much davis let's bring in brett waltz bamwx.com good morning brett
3: and good morning chip
0: a uh, beautiful week ahead here in the middle of the country
3: Yeah, about as good as it can get in terms of this time of the year. Not a lot of precipitation uh, going to be well above normal with temperatures, 10 to 20 degrees. I know, as you all mentioned earlier, it's uh, kind of back to how we were for parts of December.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Except now when we talk about that, we're talking about some high 40s in in the forecast around here.
3: Yeah, for sure. And even maybe as we get kind of uh, into the first week of February, down down further south, Kansas, Nebraska, even uh, maybe some 50s, and it's not wow. off the table.
0: Wow. Okay. How long does it stick around? You know, I, I think
3: this mild pattern for the central part of the country lingers at least through the first two weeks of February, maybe the back half of the month, back back third of the month could start to moderate that a little bit but i don't see a terribly cold pattern in the forecast coming up
0: fantastic good 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 what about argentina (laughs) what's happening down there
3: you know that's an area that's going to be very hot and dry over the next seven to even potentially 10 days uh certainly could be some stress in that area coming up I i do think that there's some relief in the cards as we work kind of beyond or into the second week of February and beyond Uh, some rains coming back there, but maybe remaining a little bit warmer overall.
0: Yeah. It it's uh, that time of the year where the, where the corn and soybean crops are starting to, they'll, they'll feel the impact of any, any kind of stress, right?
3: Yep. No doubt about it. And and I think especially kind of that second crop considering going further out as well, you know, I think into the spring, that's, you know, especially central Brazil and maybe at times Argentina can have hot
0: and drier conditions.
3: Right. Right.
0: All right, Brett, something to watch. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you.
3: Yep. Thank you.
0: All right. That is Brett Waltz BAMWX.com. Coming up next, it is time for our weekly conversation with Greg Peterson. He's got some highlights from down south, some southern auction results coming our way next here on Agritalk.
6: Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. And
0: welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us here on this Monday morning. Yep. Back after a week away from the office. Uh, and Glad to be back, glad to be back for the the conversation right now with Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. How you doing, Greg?
6: I'm doing well, Chip. How are you, my friend?
0: Doing real fine, real fine. Uh, doing a little traveling this week, huh?
6: Yeah, I'm in Indiana right now, heading to Warren, Indiana, do a little pre-filming uh, for our TV show. There's an online retirement auction tomorrow by Merit Auctions, uh, like I said, Warren, Indiana. Uh, Stetzel Farms, really nice equipment, some Case IH and IH tractors and a Case IH 6088 combine. We'll be there today and then zipping over to Des Moines for the Iowa Egg uh, Expo tomorrow. Yeah, We'll be there late tomorrow afternoon. Uh, yeah, so putting some miles on, it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, you got the weather to do it. This is, man, oh, man, prime <laughs> kind of weather, isn't it?
6: End of January. Yeah, January, this is nuts, but uh, it is what it is, I guess.
0: Take it. Take it and run with it. That's for sure. Okay, let's get to the <laughs> pick of the week. What do you got?
6: Pick of the week, we're pointing to the Northeast. Very nice auction last Wednesday in Cobbleskill, New York, by Mel Manassi and Sun Auctioneers. Some really low-hour tractors. Um, my pick of the week would be the New Holland T7 270. Only had 260 hours on it. Of course, mechanical front. No loader. So for $150,000, that was uh, just over $20,000 over the highest t 7270 270 I've ever seen at auction, which was wow. two and a half years ago in Juneau, Wisconsin. And that one was 129750 with a loader. A um, couple other items of note on the New York sale chip. There was a Massey 7716S tractor, 139 hours, so for 100 k Kubota fans, there was a Kubota m 7172 Tractor with 270 hours and a LM2605 loader. Went for 90. Uh, telehandler, kind of a like okay. new rig. A 22 uh, Merlot TF30.9. 180 hours. That brought 99K. Big square baler, which are always kind of interesting. It they, they can be tough to sell at auction sometimes. But uh, this one was a LB434R, case IH. Like new, brought 83,000 bucks. Wow! And last one, I'll leave you with kind of an interesting tractor, an International 1066, front wheel assist, recently mm. restored, open station. That brought 35.5, So kind of a cool rig there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, boy, you're proving the point with with the pick of the week that it's not just one color that's that's in high demand right now. It's oh. all colors.
6: Yeah, the tractor market in particular, well, yeah. tractor skid steers, uh, tillage, planning equipment. But yeah, if it's the right item, I think, again, because uh, getting new has been problematic for a few years. It's getting better now. But uh, outside of that, the price of new has gone up so much that when you have a, that T7 270, you know, a couple of years old, only 260 hours. I mean, 150, yeah, that's a record by 20K, but still, I mean, compared to a new one, it's it's literally a bargain so uh right. we're seeing that all over the country
0: right okay well speaking about oh over the country take us to the south you've uh you've got kind of a southern wrap-up for us here this morning what are you seeing
6: yeah always interested in the south to see if to me chip if the prices are fairly strong down there that indicates the market is still strong sometimes yep. it dips off a little bit there but uh, a week ago, Saturday in Alabama, we Robertsdale, Alabama consignment sale. We saw 22 model John Deere 6155M, only 476 hours, no loader, went for 125,555. That's the third highest ever 6155M at auction without a loader. So I thought that was pretty strong out of Alabama. That same day, a week ago, Saturday over in Holly Springs, Mississippi,
7: okay. we
6: saw. Low hour to pre def tractor, an old Ford John Deere 8320, 2735 hours, went for 139. And, okay. you know, some people might say that, well, wow, they thought it'd go higher, but actually the average price last year on a 8320 was just over 94K. So, okay, pretty solid. And then just Saturday, so two days ago in Mount Olive, North Carolina, my friend Jason Acock auctioneers had a nice sale there. A couple items of note, a John Deere seventy eight thirty mechanical front, just over fifty six hundred hours for eighty two K. McDon F D 75s thirty foot draper head for sixty seven K and a John Deere ninety six sixty STS Combine about twenty six hundred set hours for sixty one K. So that again that was North Carolina on Saturday.
0: Okay. All right. So what you you mentioned that you watched the the southern market for uh, for some early indications of what trends might be changing mm-hmm. out there. Did you notice any trend changes?
6: No, I think right now again, again the calendar just flipped, so you know, kind of watching sales in general here to see the drop off from the heated November December year in tax buyer uh, period. And I mean, I would say overall prices have softened a little bit, but I haven't seen. You know, there's a lot of chatter that, you know, things, oh, things are going to fall off a cliff here, and uh, that ain't happening, at least yet. But it's a day-by-day process, so I I can't, you know, project what's going to happen tomorrow, and that's its own day. So, But, again, out of the South, over my 34 years, when the market starts to change or soften, it, it tends to show up there
0: quicker. Okay.
6: Um, and, again, I thought these prices were pretty much on par for what it, what I would have expected.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, but still, that's something that we haven't really talked much about in a couple of years, a little bit of softening. Um, and Yeah. And yep. it, it's starting to work its way into your conversation a little bit here, Greg. Well,
6: you know, think of a, a teeter-totter when we were kids. Yeah. I mean, it's been a seller's market, right, since fall of 20. I mean, just biggest seller's market I've ever seen. So yeah, I mean I wouldn't say it's full on buyer's market, but yeah. the teeter totter is moving.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, another, it's the used equipment auction that or market. That means that there's another test coming every day, and a couple of interesting every ones day. tomorrow.
6: Yeah, if we stay down south, our friends okay. at Witcher Auctioneers have a big sale in Clarksdale, Mississippi. I just posted on our social media yesterday about it. Some nice equipment, the twenty model. Magnum 280 case age, uh 1858 hours, a 20 model, little little rig, John Deere 3025D with only 61 hours on a loader. Uh, Cotton baler picker, one of those big rigs, a 2016 John Deere CP690. That'll be interesting. A couple sprayers, a 16 model Rogator RG900B. So we'll be watching uh, Clark Clarksdale, Mississippi tomorrow. Yeah. And then also the sale. We we let off talking about in Warren, Indiana, by by Merit Auctions. Folks, if you love red tractors, KSH eighty nine forty, forty five hundred sixty two hours, really sharp, really a sharp international fifty eighty eight two wheel drive, sixty five hundred hours, second owner. You're into the Snoopy's. They got a IH thirty five eighty eight two plus two fifty seven hundred ninety one hours, one owner with a reman engine. And then a combine that's very sharp, a 6088 caseage, 1,382 sup hours. We'll be watching that one uh, tomorrow. I'll try to get a little video out on that one walking down the sale line here this afternoon if I can.
0: Perfect, perfect. And then, uh, as you also mentioned, you're going to be making your way over to Des Moines for the Iowa Ag Expo. Uh, Where are you going to be there?
6: Yeah, I'm going to be at the Yedder Farm Equipment Booth. It's booth 1306. I'll be there kind of late in the day, 3, 3.30. But uh, good folks at Yetter, I mean, they're an incredible company. They've been at it since 1930. I'm pushing 100 years here. I'm excited for there. They'll also be at the Louisville show if you're going to be down there, folks. There'll be booth 5001 there. Actually, I should mention, Chip, at Louisville, I will be speaking. or doing our annual machine repeat market update seminar on Thursday. February 15th at 10 a.m. at the South Wing 105B, sponsored by our friends at Copperhead Ag. So, and I'll be hanging out at the Copperhead booth that day about 1 o'clock. So looking forward to that for sure.
0: Okay. Copperhead booth on February 15th at the NFMS. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I got to mention uh, real quickly here that Ford that, you, that is for sale at machinerypeat.com it's quite the conversations going on around
6: that. <laughs> yeah, folks, if you missed it this weekend, go hit our Facebook page and go backwards,
0: and you'll find a 91 model Ford Versatile
6: 1156 out of Montana. Just beautiful and was listed for sale by owner, and the seller took like the best picture of it yeah. you can imagine, kind of looking down. It just looks gorgeous. And man, we're sparks flying on that thing when we
0: posted it this weekend. So yep.
6: check it out if you love blue paint.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Thanks.
6: Sounds great, Chip. Take care.
0: All right. That is Greg Peterson, Machine Pete. Coming up next, we're going to talk about what is going on in the ag economy. According to a group of ag economists that were surveyed again, we've got Bill Lapp, Advanced Economic Solutions, Next.
4: Time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer.
0: Joining us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian grady Beach I look at the grain markets here and everything's on the defensive, but there's there's one standout that's going in the opposite direction, and that's the meal market. What's going on?
8: Yeah, pretty notable, Chip, uh, new contract lows uh, earlier this morning and okay. uh, boy, we we just ran out of sellers and, and some corrective uh, buying is going on uh, pretty significant to the upside with uh, the March contract trading more than eight dollars higher here yeah. at mid morning. So uh, that's notable and it's, it's pulled the other markets off the lows. Uh, but the other notable thing in the soy complex is heavy losses in soy oil, so major right. spreading action going on in the product markets this morning, and we'll see which one wins out in the end, but uh, right now, Meal's trying to do it alone, and, and basically everything else is under pressure, uh, but off the lows uh, from earlier in the session.
0: Yeah, corn and wheat are it look like they're kind of playing off each other here this morning.
8: Yeah, so of those two, wheat has been the downside leader. But, uh, you know, it's been fairly active selling in both the corn, wheat, and, corn and wheat markets, along with soybeans. And, and so, uh, you know, just not a, a really good start to the day. Like I said, we'll see if uh, the meal market can save everything or not.
0: Right. Got some price gains going in the cattle complex.
8: Yeah, for the most part, uh, live cattle futures are, are favoring the upside. Uh, we probably have a long wait ahead of us for cash cattle trade, but the expectation is that we'll see higher cash prices again this week, and, and so uh, we'll just kind of have to wait. We do have the cattle inventory report coming up on Wednesday, and that'll give us a better indication of uh, beef supplies in particular as we move uh, forward through this year. Uh, feeder cattle, they're being supported by the weakness in the corn market, and uh, uh, so they're kind of leading the complex higher. And then just really quick quiet and two-sided trade in lean hog futures here this morning.
0: Yeah, very directionless. Thanks, Brian. That's Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now.
5: My mom's got a new case I-Extractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And... It can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do
4: everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more.
2: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk
1: do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Dribble Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Join us in Orlando at the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention. Don't miss U.S. Farm Report host Tyne Morgan's live taping with industry experts February 1st at noon. Be part of the live audience at the Chuck Wagon Cafe number one.
0: Welcome back to Talk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Monday morning. You know, every month, Farm Journal and the University of Missouri Survey Ag Economists gain perspective on what might be next for the ag economy. And the results of the January Ag Economist Monthly Monitor are in and here to talk about it. Bill Lapp, Advanced Economic Solutions. Bill, it's great to talk with you. How are you?
7: Good. Happy New Year, Chip. Good to be talking to you as well. Look forward to the opportunity to talk a little bit about these results.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's jump right into it here. What did we learn from the January update, Bill? How did the economic outlook for ag change according to the economists in the survey? Well,
7: uh, it turned a little bit uh, more negative, I think, from the previous month. Um, And there's it came out after the January 12th report and, mm-hmm. and those didn't give us a great deal of new news, um, but reaffirmed um, a couple things um, uh, fundamental things. I think that uh, are now embedded in, in people's minds, at least uh, the participants in the survey.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And what are those things? I mean, we're, it, it's, They certainly weren't a bullish set of reports that we got back on the 12th.
7: Sure. I left you hanging there. What, what it did was, um, number one, um, the things I learned and and maybe that was reflected in the survey were, were that we can have suboptimal weather and still get, um, good yields. I mean, we was below trend, but it was a record yield we had this year and, and the USDA revised up the crop um, in, in that January 12th report. And the same with soybeans. We, we find that we uh, have genetics that are um, really favorably um, enhancing yields each year. Yeah. Um, the second thing it, it I think it showed is that we're leading into a um, finishing the 23-24 crop year, which ends obviously in June for wheat and September for corn and beans, and then we go into the 24-25. Very shortly, we're going to have um, USDA publishing on February 16th their supply-demand for 24-25, and it's going to show um, a 23-24 carryout for those three crops that are is increasing, and it's the initial look at 24-25 that it's increasing again. So, with more supplies and rebounding these uh, stocks and stocks used back towards more normal levels uh, from where we've been the last three years it, it looks like we're going to have more pressure on prices
0: yeah to me bill it feels like the corn market in particular is heading into a period where it it's let, let's do let's say it this way is coming out of it a period in which demand was shifting away from the U.S., and we're entering a period in which the U.S. is going to be trying to get some of that demand back, right?
7: I, I think so. I think um, the we never know for sure until after the fact, but the lower prices should be getting us more close to being competitive in, in global markets to where we can um, build on some demand. It's um, improving – at least marginally, the, the um, profitability for livestock producers. That we might get some more yeah. uh, demand there, and you know we might start um, discouraging acreage um, overseas. It's one, maybe maybe one thing that has been hanging over this market for a couple years um, now, uh, is the strength in the U.S. dollar. And strong dollar uh, encourages production overseas, which means more competition, and, and that's um, typically negative on commodity prices. And I and I think that's something that looms over this market that uh, we we can't ignore. We you don't see it on a day to day basis, but we can't ignore the fact there that um, the the dollar is uh, strengthened quite a bit, whether you're looking at a dollar index or just versus the Brazilian real or something like that, and. And we've been um, seeing that encouraging more production out of South America, in particular.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. It, as you're talking about the value of the dollar, I'm thinking to myself, all of these things that we that that we mention on almost a daily basis, Bill, and you wonder, does it really matter to the to the longer term uh, uh, direction? Of the ag economy, it does. It all matters when we talk about what the Fed's next uh, policy move, monetary policy move, is going to be. It matters to the long-term outlook for these ag markets, doesn't it?
7: Absolutely. And and we've seen um, statements by Fed officials, and the expectation is that we're going to have um, um, a reduction in interest rates. And so that that will have an impact on these markets, um, as well as we make the uh, dollar less attractive um, and weakens the dollar. That that, that would get uh, stronger commodity prices. But this is a, a just the quick history lesson. The elevator speech history lesson is that in the early '70s uh, we went off the gold standard. During the Nixon administration, and the value of the dollar dropped by about a third. And then in the late 2000s, 2005 to 2010, we saw the value of the dollar for a variety of reasons uh, decline by a third. And those were both very supportive of higher commodity prices. The environment we have now has not got that support from a macroeconomic sense. So we, right. we can't ignore that in our thinking. And on a day to day basis, when you, when you report the markets and, and talk about the dollar up, dollar down, it's hard to co- correlate those real well. And right. there's so many other factors that are impacting these markets. But yeah. when you get to um, over the long haul, you see, well, suddenly yep. Brazil is expanding their acreage. Yep. Um, Argentina exactly. has an incentive to produce more. Right. So it, it, it does have an impact on a day-to-day basis. You know, I don't think. Um, right the cattle get hungrier on a, when the when the dollar's weaker <laughs> right <laughs> but but over time it does impact how much they produce
0: absolutely absolutely in this survey of the ag economists bill what is the 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 question or the category that kind of does the best job of summing up the long term expectations of the uh, of the economists is it the outlook for the for net farm income
7: uh, yeah, that's probably in the top, at least the top three. That's a really good okay. question. I would say the one, the one thing that strikes me is what's going on with corn. And of course, we produce more corn in the U.S. than all other crops combined. So corn is king, as Adam Smith said. So when you start to get a um, turn, turn the cycle towards where you're building some stocks. In, in the corn market if we have normal weather if we have a somewhere near trend yield you, you you can't ignore what that's going to do and and that when you reduce the price of outlook for corn it's going to drag down wheat and and soybeans uh, with it to some degree and and i think if if i was going to look at this and say there's one thing that encapsulates what what's going to happen it's lower corn prices because it has a yeah. Positive impact for livestock margins mm-hmm. if their feed costs are lower, of course. Um, but it's a challenge for producers. We have not seen um, production costs come down uh, to the degree that the actual um, price for corn and, and other crops has. So this is a uh, looks like it's going to be a tougher time for producer margins over the next year.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that corn mm-hmm. price outlook look versus the soybean price outlook, does it have much of an influence on what that acreage mix is going to be for the year ahead?
7: Oh, I, I'm, I'm one that doesn't buy into, um, um, the, the, the soybean corn price ratio has to go to extremes. There's so many other factors as you're well aware that producers have to look into, um, before they go out there. I have a lot of people on the on the food side that I work with that have this image of a farmer going out um, with a bag of corn and a bag of seed, and they look at that, a bag of soybeans, and they look at that ratio and decide what to plant. Well, that, nothing could be farther from the truth. There's so many other factors that play into it. And as it stands right now, I think that um, early expectations were for a pretty big drop in, in corn acreage in 2024. And now the surveys are coming out, several of them, including one by Farm Journal, it looks like we're going to say might stay near 93 million acres. It it gives you a a somewhat tighter balance sheet for um, soybeans, but the, you know, corn stocks uh, building toward the two and a half billion bushel mark. um, um, Certainly, I don't know if that's um, the base case, but it looks like that's where we're, um, you you can't rule that out as a possibility. Yeah.
0: Yeah, boy, you want to talk about? Do, the do, do you on. want me to have, go ahead, Bill? Go ahead.
7: No, I, I this is a lot of gloom I'm bringing, and I I feel <laughs> bad about it, but it but it's the reality, and I think um, I've heard some of your um, guests on the show say, "Okay, t- use use any rallies as an opportunity um, to uh, um, reduce reduce your or increase your percent sold," and and I think that probably makes sense in this environment.
0: Yep. Okay. All right. That's exactly where I wanted to get to, what it all means for the bottom line. And and King Corn, you got to pay attention to it. It has the biggest impact on the bottom line out there, not only for the row crop producer, but the input, it as an input cost on the livestock side of, of things as well. Good stuff, Bill. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later.
7: Take care. Have a good day.
0: Yep. Bill Lapp, Advanced Economic Solutions. All right. Davis and I will be back to wrap up our first hour of Agri Talk here in a moment.
5: My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do
4: it all? Check out CaseIH.com.
2: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: Join us in Orlando at the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention. Don't miss U.S. Farm Report host Tyne Morgan's live taping with industry experts February 1st at noon. Be part of the live audience at the Chuckwagon Cafe Number One. And welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory joins. Hey, buddy. Yes. Welcome back. Hey, man. Thanks. Um, Thanks. We're a little bit into it now, not a full hour yet. You, you, mm-hmm. you feeling like you you remember what to do? I, th- well, I think so. You seem fine. Uh,
0: well, you know, it's. I think the number one thing is to be curious and ask questions, right? Uh huh.
1: Yes. <laughs> I think that's I think it. We're yeah. Okay. You've got it. You've got it. <laughs> um, a uh, a big week last week. We we missed you. There was there was a story that I don't want to let slip under our radar here. Okay. Um, The world's first sustainable aviation fuel plant opened last week in Georgia, setting the stage for a huge new market for ethanol and for farmers. Amid the loss of more than 437,000 farms since 1981, USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack told those that the grand opening of Lanza Jet Freedom Pines Fuel in Sopraton, Georgia, sustainable aviation fuel could spur some 3 billion gallons of ethanol demand by 2030. And thirty-six billion gallons by 2050 chip. We've been looking for ethanol to jet here for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've we've got a plant open now down in Georgia. The Agritalk Men of Song have taken the opportunity okay. to uh to memorialize the the occasion. Would you uh would you take a moment and listen to what they've they've submitted? Absolutely. Let's see what they've got for us. Ah, ready for
4: uh take off ah. <laughs>
1: burning biofuel hey kid brand new infrastructure demand has got a story never mind the weather we'll biofuel the friendly skies tonight so bunk and fly engage with the clean. And all too Oh, sustainable aviation fuel It sure sounds pretty keen Don't need electric planes Or diesel trains You know in Georgia It's much more than a dream oh, and too chat of the uh, planet <laughs>
7: ever, ever,
4: ever, ever, ever
1: the well it goes on for a little while after yeah. that but uh yeah i'm i'm loving it Ethanol yeah, to absolutely. jet baby Ethanol final to around. jet mhm
0: yeah every time that uh, USDA secretary tom vilzack Mm-hmm. Talks about the 36 billion gallon market that it is. It's a big and number. Fine job, by the way. It, just <laughs> Thank you. The the, uh, the AgriTalk men of song.
1: Yeah. Wow. They spent wow. hours on that.
0: <laughs> I, it's fantastic. Fantastic. You know, the scary thing about this test down in Georgia, you know where they're getting the ethanol, right? Mm, where? Brazil.
1: Oh, yeah that didn't make yeah. it to the song that's in the second verse
0: and believe it or not yeah believe it or not it's because of the carbon intensity of that ethanol they've mm-hmm. got to move that ethanol all the way from brazil to the united states to that plant in georgia and it still has a low, lower carbon intensity than ethanol that's produced in illinois and yeah. put on a train and taken to georgia see that feels like maybe there's or some Kentucky, instruments there's yeah. ethanol, there's ethanol production in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's ethanol, I I, th- I think there's ethanol production in Tennessee. Y- you would think that one of those markets would create a situation or one of those plants would create a situation where we could get ethanol with a low enough carbon intensity score into that plant so that it would be a quote unquote viable feedstock mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. ethanol to jet. Now I can't get the song out of my head either. I know. You're welcome. It's there forever. Thank you. <laughs> um, but the uh, uh, when, when we talk about if ethanol to jet is going to be a real thing going forward, the ethanol that is produced and the ethanol that is used as a feedstock is going to have to meet certain criteria. It's a big part of the reason why there was so much effort by the ethanol industry to get the GREET model part of the process, because it reflects more favorably on land use issues uh, than some of the other models out there in, me- in measuring the carbon intensity score of the ethanol plants. But it it it's... A big part of the reason why there's the efforts be- behind carbon sequestration. Um, it's a big part of the reason why there are, you know, the, the regenerative farming practices, the climate smart farming practices, the projects that are at play out there. They're there they're in an effort to lower the carbon intensity on a farm so that the corn that is moving from the farm to the ethanol plant will have a lower score so that the ethanol plant will have a lower score so that when all is said and done, the ethanol from a plant will be eligible Mm -hmm. for use in manufacturing the sustainable aviation fuel. And it takes 1.6 gallons. I believe this number's right. I, I think this number's right. Correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, listeners. I think it takes 1.6 gallons of ethanol to make a gallon of sustainable aviation.
1: It's <laughs> a thirsty so biz. Yeah.
0: It is, a, it is a market with unbelievable, unbelievable potential going forward we'll have to watch it how it how it uh, comes together thanks for listening this morning come back this afternoon Garrett toy egg trader talk
4: down country sound FM on the radio